All right, welcome back to the Speak Truth Sports Podcast. Uh, I am Bert, and finally making his big return is Trey. As always, I'm just glad to be back. So let's yep, get it. And we're we're gonna try and get a little more consistent for you guys, get some more consistent content out there, as well as increase the quality of our content. So uh, if you want to help us out, you know, like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Uh, but let's just jump right in. Today we're gonna be talking about the NBA and the playing tournament. It's all about that today because that's the the big thing that's happening right now. Um, and so let, let's just kick it off. We, we know exactly how everyone's seated now, everything's set. Uh, and basically the, what the playing tournament is, is it's a competition to see who gets into the playoffs. So the seven and eight seed go against each other. And whoever wins that gets the seven seed. Whoever loses, gets another chance to uh, play again. Uh, whereas not the nine and 10 seed also play each other. But whoever wins that game gets the chance to try for the eight seed uh, against the loser of the seven eight matchup. So it's very very interesting concept. Uh, it's new this year, and I think it's going to be really really interesting. But we'll talk about all that later. Um, so let, let's start with the West. So the Warriors uh, and, the, and the Lakers are going to be the seven and eight seeds that are playing each other. Lakers being a seven seed, Warriors being the eight seed, uh, and. How do you feel about this? How, how do you think this, this game is going to go? Um, well, it always concerns me because the Lakers have been really busted up um, this past few weeks, you know, with LeBron's ankle injury, you know, AD, you know, trying to get back to, um, you know, the AD we all saw last year. I mean, he's, he's showing spurts of it, but um, I don't know if it's consistent enough. Um, you know, Dennis Schroeder, he's been out for a while now, but um, I don't know. I mean, for them, this matchup, you know, I don't think the uh, the Lakers, I don't know if they even won the season series against the Warriors um, this year. Um, it's really, it's really up in the air, but I think, I think just maybe, just maybe this game, I think the Lakers can find a way to still squeak one out, even though Steph Curry's been on an absolute tear as of recent, um, and even, you know, securing the scoring title for the second time ever in his career. Uh, I just think the Lakers... You know, if the stars are playing, I think if LeBron and AD can play just to just a level, to at least like 80 percent, um, you know, I think they can get the Warriors. And I think I think they'll just squeak out, just barely squeak out and win the first matchup. So LeBron tweaked his ankle uh, and mm-hmm. I was I was debating on, you know, if he's, he's probably going to play still. Uh, but I believe it was the same foot that he injured earlier. So to me, it's all dependent on, you know, if LeBron's coming back like healthy, if he's good, if this ankle, he says it's, it's nothing big, he says he's still going to play. But if it's something that's going to actually hinder him, I think the Warriors have a puncher's chance. Uh, otherwise, I, I really don't see a way for the Lakers to lose this. They, they have such a well-rounded team. They have good defense on their guard positions as well as their as well as inside. Uh, they're not going to stop Steph Curry, but, you know, they can surely contain him or at least stop his teammates, you know, let Curry go off, uh, let his teammates go cold. So then when that time comes in the clutch, you can lock up Curry and his teammates probably going to miss because they're cold all game. Uh, yeah, I, I, the Lakers defense is just, too, it's too good. They're finally healthy. AD is a matchup nightmare. I mean, I, can anybody really guard that guy one-on-one? Like <laughs> uh, the only person who has a chance is probably KD. Uh, but yeah, so I got the Lakers winning here. Let's go to the nine and 10, the Grizzlies versus the Spurs. Uh, I'll kick this one off. So both these teams haven't been like super hot coming into the, uh, into this matchup, but the Grizzlies have been a little bit, uh, they've been a little bit hotter than the Spurs. The Spurs have had a really bad, like last little stretch of the season. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want to count out coach Popovich because he, he he has that pedigree he has that standing but uh man I mean both times the Grizzlies and Spurs matched up the Grizzlies just blew them out of the water <laughs> the, the Grizzlies really just um they beat them pretty they, they beat them pretty badly both badly both times and the Grizzlies are a really good defensive team and we know that DeMar DeRozan's game gets less efficient in the playoffs and that's not good uh and if they can just find a way to shut him down just for, you know, one game, that's all they need. Uh, I think, yeah, I think the Grizzlies are going to pull this one off. 
Yeah, my thing with the Spurs, they just have no momentum right now. They lost, you know, the four games straight, um, not in good fashions either. Pretty, you know, most have been by a substantial lead. Um, you know, they've been two and eight in their last 10 games. Um, they're really struggling. Uh, you know, even though the Grizzlies lost yesterday against the Warriors in the final game of the season, the Grizzlies to me are just a much more impressive team. Um, you know, they're over 500. Spurs are not even 500. Uh, you know, I just think the Grizzlies have the better matchup between the two. And, you know, for me, as much as I love Coach Popovich, um, that team right now is just not playing where they should be and where they were. Because, um, you know, there was one period of time they were, you know, it actually in the playoff mix. Now they barely made the play in only two games above, you know, the Pelicans and Kings. Uh, you know, I'm just not impressed with them uh, recently. And I just think it's, they don't have enough to keep going uh, and I just think their season's going to end right here right now yeah and uh, I actually do want to correct myself the Spurs actually did beat the Grizzlies back in December of 2020 but I'm not looking at 2020 uh, games and stats just because so far removed from where we are now like those teams are to totally completely different teams they didn't even have Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, in that game so uh, yeah, yeah, but the Grizzlies beat the Spurs 129 112, uh, somewhere sometime in January, and then they also the Grizzlies beat the Spurs 133 to 102 back in February. So, you know, there's yeah, I believe in the Grizzlies coach, I think he's a good coach, and I think he's really gonna step up and show you know, prove his worth right here. Uh, obviously, Popovich is one of the greatest coaches of all time, but this roster just I'm not sure if it's good enough to make it in per se, or even get past this first game. So, I, yeah, I got the Grizzlies here. Yeah. Let's move on to what would end up being the next match after that, though. It would be the Warriors versus Grizzlies for both of us, I believe, right? So, mm -hmm. how, how do you feel about the Warriors versus Grizzlies? Because I, like, I feel like the Warriors will just take them. Like, well, we just saw last night. Uh, <laughs> I just think that Steph Curry's going to heat up and just – I mean, when so much is on the line, I think Curry will definitely – He's the right guy at the right time. Um, even though a lot of people discredit him for, you know, letting other people step up in playoff games and while he kind of like, you know, takes, you know, the backseat. I just feel like the Warriors are, they are where they are at because of him this season. Um, he will not let them lose. He would literally drop 49 points in 29 minutes. Like he will not let this team lose. Like he, he is... People think he's even the MVP this season. Uh, you know, I love Steph Curry's game. Uh, I appreciate his game a lot. I don't know if I want to get into MVP talks. That's for another podcast. Yeah, but he's playing out of his mind. He's playing, uh, having a historic season, a historic-like season. Um, I just don't think he'll let this team go out so soon. Um, so I just don't think the Grizzlies – I mean, I have nothing against, you know, John Morant and the Grizzlies, but – we just saw him, you know, beat them yesterday. I think because he's going to do it again. So I got the Warriors. The, the, the thing about that win that they had um, just yesterday was that, you know, the Grizzlies, the only reason they really came back was because um, the Warriors kind of lost focus and they were just kind of cruising because they thought they had won the game. That's not going to happen in the playoffs. In the playoffs, they're going to keep pushing and pushing and they're not going to let up. So it might even be a blowout. I don't want to say it will be, but it might be a blowout. I really don't see the Grizzlies having a chance to win this. And so I, I say the Warriors win, they take the eighth seed there with the Lakers taking the seventh. And we both agree on that. Oh yeah, most certainly. All right, so let's jump to the East. Uh, the East is very interesting. A lot of these teams are really, really close with each other. Uh, the Wizards actually just straight up jumped to the eighth seed from the 10 spot just off a of one win against the Hornets. So that should tell you how tight the race was there in the first place. Uh, but yeah, let, let's kick it off with the Wizards versus the Celtics. This is the Celtics are seventh seed, Wizards the eighth seed. And if you had told me at the beginning of the season that the Celtics would be the seventh seed, I would not have believed you. <laughs> I wouldn't have either. Um, you want to kick it off or you want me to kick it yeah, off? Yeah, yeah, So uh, here's my thing about the – I'm a Wizards fan, all right? So anything yeah, I so bias, but – the Celtics without Jalen Brown, like, I, 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 I don't, you know, with Jalen Brown, honestly, I might pick the Celtics. I'm not even going to lie. But without Jalen Brown, like, his 
his impact is so evident because he's been out like these past few games for the Celtics, like they've had three games since he's gone out where they haven't even scored above a hundred, like, and scoring above a hundred is like average in today's NBA. So, you know, their offense has suffered. Their defense has certainly suffered. Their defense is not looking great at all right now. And the thing I noticed about the Celtics is that like all you have to do to beat, all you really have to do to beat them is just play some semblance of defense. And then you, you will probably win because they will let you score uh, and they really can't stop many people. So, uh, man, I, I, I'm going to say the Wizards take it. I'm not going to say it's going to be uh, a blowout, but I think it's, I think it's going to be pretty close to the end just because Beal and Tatum are, you know, childhood friends, childhood rivals. So they're going to be going at each other a lot. It's going to be really fun. Uh, but hey, I'm all for Celtic slander, so nothing would make me happier than seeing the Wizards knock the Celtics out of this spot. So, um, this one's a hard one, you know. Um, I also enjoy the Wizards. Uh, you know, that's my favorite team as well. Uh, I don't want to sound like a homer. Um, it's it's just you know, like you were saying, without Jalen Brown, this team is much different. Um, it's just pretty much how much can Jason Tatum score in order for us to win. Um, that's what kind of seems like it has come to as of recent. They just don't look very motivated. They've been you know, four, and, four and six in their last 10 games. They lo- just lost their most recent game. The momentum is just not on their side. The Wizards are playing. Um, this is just a different team in the last month compared to when they, you know, played a while back. Uh, the Wizards have been just on such a tear recently. With Bill back now, it's definitely puts them in uh, a better position. I don't know because you're talking about defense and the one thing Wizards don't play is defense, but they, it has been slightly better. Uh, like I said, because in the, this month alone, they've been playing much better. Uh, I, I still feel the Celtics have a solid enough team, but I think I'm, I think I might go with the Celtics just winning just barely, but I, I still think the Wizards can definitely, they have a, this is probably their best opportunity to make it, um, you know, I, but I think the Celtics going to just squeak it out just barely because defense is such a, such a concern for me when it comes to the Wizards. Um, I just don't know if they'll, if they'll do enough. Um, so I'm, I'm going, I guess I'm going Celtics, just, just barely Celtics though. And also uh, I know Kemba went out towards the end of the season with like a neck uh, injury, but, is he? I don't, I'm not sure if he's coming back. Uh, if he does come back, what version of Kemba are you getting? That's also yeah. big. He's been, you know, he's had kind of two sides of a, of a coin. He's been really, really pretty decent, and he's been really, really not good. So, uh, you know, it, it's a lot. There's a lot to take in with the Celtics. There's a lot going on with them. Their interior defense is obviously a big issue, and Robin Lopez has become Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of the modern day. Captain Hook. Hook shots, his hook shots are unstoppable. What he does it is crazy. He puts his little, he puts his left arm up to like to slap the other person's arm away, and then he just shoots <laughs> it right. It's I don't know, I don't know how he, it's working for him, man. It's working for him, but he's probably gonna eat in this game. Uh, I expect Dan Gafford to eat in this game as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if Kemba does play. If he does play, I'm not sure if that helps. Just because I'm not sure if he's gonna come back 100. And if he's not 100%, if he's not rolling, this Wizard team is going to abuse him on defense and they're going to they're gonna take him. So uh, the Wizards actually, you know, their defense isn't that bad. It's actually pretty – it's been pretty solid uh, since the All-Star break. Uh, but ever since Denny Avdia went down, the defense has kind of gone down as well. We don't, we don't really have a, a defensive small forward right now besides maybe Bonga, but he doesn't get many minutes, so not much we can do there. Uh, but – Raul Neto's been going crazy at small forward, so. <laughs> so, I remember the beginning of the season when you were getting mad about Raul Neto uh, being played Honestly, at. I'm still mad about it. I, I don't yeah. want. I don't want him a small forward, but. No, me either. Yeah. But for me, I'm, I think I'm going Celtics. Uh, just, just barely though. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. You're going Celtics. I, I don't want to, but I think I think they'll squeak it. I just think okay. that Tatum will probably Tatum. He's been. Their guy, um, you know, we don't have an answer at the small forward position. Like you said, they don't play Bonga, but he's our best defensive uh, small forward. Um, I just think he'll, he'll go off. 
And I think that would just be enough. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't enjoy saying this, but I, I've watched a lot of Wizards games in my life. Um, the coaching is not there. Uh, simple adjustments probably won't be made until it's too late. Um, I just, it's, I'm just concerned with the coaching. I just feel like if Tatum heats up just enough, I think he'll, I think it'll just be enough to lift him. So I'm going, unfortunately, Celtics for this one. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to go Wizards. I'm going to Wizards. And I'm saying this because who is really going to stop Westbrook and Beal from getting theirs? I mean, Kemba is a liability on defense. Marcus Smart's a really good defender, but he can only guard one of the two. So, you know, who yeah. are you going to put him on? Um, and uh, like I said earlier, the interior just, you know, I think Washington wins that. I, I think in terms of just straight up matching up their, their positions, I think Washington's stronger at every single one except for a small forward, which is where Tatum is. Um, and he can also play uh, power forward as well. But yeah, I, I think the Wizards have enough bodies to, to handle Tatum at least. Tatum's, you know, he's sometimes been inconsistent in the postseason. So I'm not sure if he fixes that here or if he continues those struggles. Um, but, you know, I, I'm going to say that, uh, I'm going to say the Wizards win. I'm going to say it's going to be close though, just because the Wizards always end up going to overtime somehow. <laughs> yeah. Wizards have gone to overtime in like, seven of their last like 10 games or something like that probably it, it feels know, it's like a it. crazy stat it definitely feels that way and but yeah i am concerned about the coaching like you said but at the same time it's a it should be easy <laughs> like like i feel like this matchup should be easy enough for scott brooks to just be like okay let me just do this and that's it yeah. uh all right, let's jump to the, in my opinion, the toughest game to predict because this this is just, it's going to be very, very good. It's going to be a really good game. Uh, Pacers and Hornets. Who do you, do you want, do you want to kick this off? What do you think is going to take it? Um, oh, man, this one's hard. Um, the Hornets haven't been playing their best basketball as of recent. Uh, they, they lost five straight. Um, you know, they've been three and seven uh, in their last 10 games. And, you know, they're playing on the road, and they have not been good on the road. They have a 15-21 record on the road, um, which is not ideal for a situation like this. But on the flip side, the Pacers lose most of their games at home. They're 13-23 and 23 on the season on uh, when they're at home. Um, it's a hard one, you know. Even though the Hornets have been losing recently and the Pacers won their most recent game, I think the talent, the talent goes deeper it's much deeper on the Hornets side. I just don't know what, what fell apart for the Pacers this season. Um, you know, if they can get people clicking at the right time, if they can get the guards going, you know, Rozier, uh, Mamello, um, Graham, if they can get all three of those guys going, because it feels like one of those guys, always one of them struggle when the other two are up or someone always struggles. Um, I just think but for me, if they can get all three of those guys going, I got to go Hornets, you know, um, the Pacers, you know, it's really just up to Carlos Levert and Sabonis to play their best ball. Uh, I feel like everyone else, I mean, McConnell's pretty solid off the bench as well, but you know, uh, everyone else feels like they've been kind of lackluster as of recent. It's been really up to those two. And I like that duo, but it's just not enough. I feel like there's so much more talent on the Hornets side. And, you know, even I would say the coaching has been better on the Hornets side. Yeah. The record doesn't really show it, but you know, it's a young team. And the fact that this team made such a jump from last season when everyone thought they were kind of rough, but they saw, you know, glimmers of talent and potential. I feel like they're just starting. And I feel like this is just the start and a proper start. And I just feel like the Hornets for me, I'm going with the Hornets. I, I just, I just like, I like their energy more, uh, you know, as bad as their record is away, it's still better than the Pacers record at home. So I'm feeling the Hornets in this situation. Yeah. Uh, I really want to pick the Hornets too. Uh, this game is just going to be a shootout just in general. Neither of these two teams play defense. I mean, just, just listen to the Pacers like last few games. Uh, Pacers Wizards 141 to 154. Pacers Hawks, 126-133. Pacers Wizards, 133-132. Uh, Pacers Bucks, 133-142. Pacers Raptors, 125-113. Neither of these teams play defense. Uh, the Hornets actually play better defense, I'd say, than the Pacers. 
uh, which is why I wanted to pick them. But at the same time, uh, Malcolm Brogdon is coming back for the Pacers. And if he can just be average, if he can just be somewhat normal, uh, somewhat himself, uh, I think the Pacers can squeak it out. I- I'm, I'm going to be rooting for the Hornets. Uh, and they were originally my pick, but now that I'm, I'm now I'm looking at it, I mean, like, who's really gonna stop Sabonis? You know, uh, he's gonna he's gonna go crazy. Uh, he didn't go crazy in the last meetup, but that's a that's a different story. Uh, I I don't know. I think the Hornets have a really good chance of winning this game, uh, but just to mix things up a little, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the Pacers. I'm gonna pick the Pacers. And so I mean- let's jump into. Oh, do you want to keep? You want to say something on it? No, like I, I mean, we'll see. I guess we'll have to see about that. But definitely for me, I'm feeling the Hornets. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely feeling the Hornets too. But the Pacers, at the same time, the Pacers got Karis Levert, they got Malcolm Brogdon back, they got Sabonis, they got T.J. McConnell. I mean, they've got they've got a lot of pieces, a lot of talent, and they've got a lot, they got way more experience than the Hornets, which could you know push mm-hmm. them over the uh, over the top. Uh, but obviously, without Miles Turner, their defense just. Has not been the same. Not good. Uh, let's jump into both of our matchups right there. So you got the Wizards going against the Pacers. Hornets. You said the – wait. I had the Hornets win. Oh, yeah, yeah, because Hornets win. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah, so Wizards against Hornets. So who wins that one for you? I mean, hey, man, Bill's back. They just played them recently. They won that game. I'm, that's what I'm saying. The, I feel the Wizards are going to make the play-in. I mean, they're, sorry. They're going to make the playoffs. I think the Wizards got this. I think the Wizards can do it again. Um, as long as the Wizards are at home as well, I think the Wizards will probably, you know, beat out the Hornets because they do have a winning record at home, uh, to my knowledge. So I feel like the Wizards, you know, like I said, like like you said, you know, the the duo of Bill and Westbrook is so talented. And they're one of the highest scoring duos in the NBA right now. Uh, they're t- definitely top 10. Uh, they're second. High scoring. They're second. Wow. Yeah. Um, they're, they're talented. Um, I know what's it called. Even if you get to the best, the high scoring trios of Bill Westbrook and Bertans, I saw that somewhere. Um, they're top 10. Uh, so, you know, for me personally, as long as those two do what they do, Bill scores, Russ does everything. I just feel like you know, it's just, they're going to do what they did Sunday. They're going to finish off the Hornets. And I just feel like for me, um, I always saw the Wizards somehow making the playoffs uh, after they made the play-in I, because they've beaten the Pacers, they've beaten the Hornets, and they've beaten the Celtics all this season. So, um, they, I mean, they won the season series against the Pacers. Uh, I think they beat the, won the season series against the Hornets. Um and I know they lost season, season series against the Celtics, but that's when they had Jalen Brown. Uh, Jalen Brown, that one's going to be a close one. But I just think that the Wizards, the momentum, there's so much momentum on their side. Out of all the teams, they have the best record in the last 10 games or six and four in the last 10 games. All the other teams are either five and five or lower than that on the last 10 games. So the Wizards have momentum. Uh, they have no, I don't see them, I don't see a reason for them to just choke and not make the playoffs at this point uh if they don't make the playoffs it's solely i'm gonna be that guy it's solely on the coach at this point because talent is always talent's always been there for the wizards it's just how they use it and i just feel like there's no reason for them to lose against the hornets so i got the wizards making it as the hc yeah um i mean the wizards are there's one of the hottest teams coming into the the playing tournament in general uh and yeah, I'd say if the Wizards Hornets matchup, it's going to be a close game like the last one was for sure. Uh, but a lot of players played bad on the Wizards end, and we they still pulled out the win. So, yeah, if the Wizards and Hornets matchup, I think I, I agree with you. The Wizards will take it, and I'd actually prefer that. Uh, I actually don't want to see the Wizards get the seven seed because I don't want the Nets to sweep them. <laughs> Which, look, they'll probably win like one game, but like I, it's it's not going to be much of a series unless somebody gets injured, and uh, we can't really account for that. But uh, I think the Wizards, the Wizards have a better chance against the Sixers. But we'll talk about. I, I only say this because Simmons doesn't do amazing in the playoffs, especially offensively, that's and fair. because he uh, 
Embiid and Simmons are injury prone. So if one of them gets hurt, you know, that could open up a, a little gateway for the Wizards. I'm not obviously I'm not hoping any of them gets hurt or wishing on it, but if it happens, they are injury prone. If it happens, uh, I think the Wizards have a better chance of that of taking that series. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a future podcast. We go over our, where we go over our playoff predictions. But mm-hmm. for now, I want to talk about the uh, Celtics versus the Pacers. I really don't have any idea who's going to win this game. <laughs> uh, if, <laughs> if Kemba's back once again, which Kemba is going to show up? I don't know. Uh, the Celtics offense is still good. Uh, it's their defense that's a concern. Like who's gonna who's gonna stop Sabonis? Like I really don't I really don't see anybody stopping Sabonis. Um, I think honestly, I'm gonna go with it, man. I, I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say the Pacers. I'm gonna say the Pacers win it. I'm out of the Celtics missing just because of their injuries. If they were more healthy, I'd probably pick them. The Pacers they just have a lot of talent, uh, and it's it's gonna be a it's going to be Sabonis versus Tatum basically. And to me, it's like, who do I trust more in a very intensive situation? I'd probably lean Sabonis a little bit more Uh, just because, like I said, in the past, Tatum's been a little bit inconsistent in the playoffs. He'll have one really good game than one really bad game, uh, or at least inefficient game, Uh, not necessarily bad, but inefficiency with this Celtics offense, with all the pieces they're missing or all the pieces that are hurt, playing hurt it could it could it could sink them it could really sink them uh and so uh yeah i'm gonna go pacers i mean they got malcolm brogdon back and he's probably gonna limit kemba a lot even if kemba's back to normal so i'm gonna go pacers there i also want to discuss celtics hornets because i think this has a good chance of happening too celtics hornets uh you know it's gonna be another shootout like i said both these teams don't really play that much defense but I'm actually also going to pick the Hornets here. <laughs> I don't, in my opinion, I think the Celtics are just straight up going to miss uh, the playoffs in general. Uh, the Hornets just have a great array of guards at their disposal uh, and they can, you know, whoever's hot, they'll play. So, uh, and LaMelo's back. That, that's been helping the Hornets a, a lot. The, my only issue with the Hornets is that they're not really great in clutch situations. Uh, they kind of they kind of choked against the Wizards really badly. They missed like five mm-hmm. open layups in a row, which is like, thank God. As a Wizards fan, it's like, oh, thank God. But you know, I, if they had hit those, the Wizards would definitely have lost, and they would be like the ten seed right now. Uh, yeah, uh, and the, like I said, like Jalen Brown just has such an impact on this team. Without Jalen Brown, like this team's offense and defense greatly suffers, and so. If Jalen Brown was here, like I said, I'd probably pick the Celtics to beat the Wizards in their first game. They probably wouldn't even be, they probably wouldn't even been in the seventh seed if Jalen Brown ever got injured. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I think the Celtics don't really, I don't think they're gonna make it no matter who they face. Uh, I think all these teams can beat them uh realistically. The the best chance is probably against the Pacers, just because the Pacers defense is like I said, it's horrendous. And if they can, if Tatum just goes crazy. Uh, like I said, he has one bad game and one really good game. If he, if his really good game is, is, is against the Pacers, which it probably will be, uh, Celtics have a really good shot there. But other than that, you know, I think the Hornets can take him. And I think the Wizards take him. So th- that, that's my bold take of the, of the podcast. I think the Celtics can <laughs> playoffs. That, that's my take. That's interesting. I mean, it's, it's very possible, like I said, uh, with the injury of Jalen Brown, but, um, I guess we'll have to see, and you know, it starts tomorrow, uh, Tuesday. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that happens. In reality, I just really want to root against the Celtics. All right. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah, I feel that. I just really I want definitely to feel that. Um, but yeah, let, let's jump to uh, talk just talking about the playing in general. So, a lot of players have been kind of complaining. A lot of people have been also debating this, uh, but is the NBA playing a mistake? I. Uh, I- do you want to kick it off? Uh, I, I'll kick it off. Um, for me, for how I see it, if you're looking at a consumer standpoint, no, I think the playing tournament is good. Um, you know, if you see it from a business standpoint, it's good. Um, you know, 
back to the consumer standpoint, how they pretty much see is like just more basketball, um, you know, and more basketball obviously means more revenue because, you know, the viewership and all that stuff. Um, you look at from the NBA standpoint, like the business aspect, um, you know, it keeps the intensity throughout the whole season. Like these last few games, all these games mattered and all these teams played their heart out. Um, you know, think about last night. Think about the Trailblazers versus Nuggets. This man, Damian Lillard, um, you know, played well and the Trailblazers played well to beat the Nuggets. And now they are the sixth seed. They saved the dude's uh, house, the dude who bet his house for 42 wins. Actually, he didn't He didn't bet his house. He was greatly over-exaggerating. He sent, he sent a picture of his bet. It was only $260. Well, he <laughs> – it's more than basketball regardless. Uh, he, he, that bet was still – you know, all, the narrative was still there. Uh, and I, was, I was, thought that was really interesting. Um, but, you know, it's just like these teams played so hard these last few games. Um, you know, it was – enjoyable to watch you know usually at this point in the season most teams are starting to play their bench um they're chilling out kind of just going through the motions and stuff like that which is you know not the most interesting from a consumer standpoint and all that so it, it's good in that aspect but for me personally um i i'm not a i'm not the biggest fan of the play-in tournament i i don't i don't want to call it a mistake but i don't think it's already for me more than half the teams make the playoffs in the NBA, 16 out of 30, you know, that's more than 50%. Uh, but 20 teams, but it's just, it just opens too much for, I don't want to say mediocrity, but like teams like the Spurs, 33 and like 39, they're so far removed. And just to see them, if they win, get, get lucky, win two games in a row and make like, you know, the eighth seed just to play the Jazz. I just feel like that's a waste of a series. I don't think the Spurs really do too much uh, against the Jazz. I don't know how well they'll even match up against the Jazz. Um, and even on the flip side, uh, you know, let's say the Pacers or the Hornets make it and they play against uh, the Nets or the Sixers. I think that's either a gentleman's sweep or a sweep. Um, so, and plus, as a Wizards fan, imagine if the Wizards made the eighth seed and that's just it. Like, that would have been just so nice and just go into the playoffs. But now that's in jeopardy. Um, I just feel like – because, like, I just don't like the concept of you work so hard and then if you lose two games straight, you can be the like seventh seed and you lose two games straight, it's over. Uh, and, you're, and you're the better – and you know you're the better team and we all know you're the better team, but you just weren't the better team that day. Um, you know, basketball is a sport where – playoffs are made to be series and that's what makes basketball basketball for me um i just think like you know stuff like one and done kind of games leave that to games the team like sports where it makes more sense like football if that was played in series i don't think that would be very good in my opinion but like for basketball it's so interesting like these teams matching up multiple times over and over um you know I just don't know how much of a fan I am of all this. Um, I mean, it's like I said, it's good for more basketball and all that, but just the competitiveness, I don't want to see bad teams upset better teams and then make it into a spot just to do nothing. I feel like they just wasted, they're stealing spots and just wasting time. Um, that's how I kind of feel about the play-in tournament. To call it a mistake, no, but is it good? I don't know. I personally I completely disagree with you on every point. No, I, I, that's fine. That's fine. You can disagree with me. I understand, but <laughs> I'll let you, you know, speak your part. Then. Okay. So here's my thing about the playing tournament. Like you said, it keeps games interesting all the way up until the final, up until the final games. Um, but you know, I, I like it. Like you also said, I also understand where the players are coming from, where they don't, they're kind of upset about this because they, you know, they work hard at, at this and they have to put it in jeopardy. But at the same time, what harm does this really do? It's, it's just the seven and eight seeds. Like how many times have a seven and eight seed gone on to win a championship? Like maybe like, what was it like once with Hakeem? Or was, or was that from the six? No, I think the highest was to succeed to ever win the finals. Exactly. So no seven or eight seeds ever won the championship. So I believe that didn't the Knicks make it to the finals as an eight seed once? 
Uh, I think so. I think it was a seven or eight seed. That was a lot. That was due to a lot of injuries and stuff, though. But at the same time, like I said, seven and eight seeds don't matter that much. So here's the solution to, to some of these problems, right? We Every season, there's a team that does really good at the beginning, like really good, and then gets injured or like messed up in some way, and then they start really sucking all the way to the end of the season. But they always manage to just slip in there right into the eight or seven seed. On the flip side, there's always a team that's going crazy that started off the season really bad, but it's going crazy hot now and is really pushing to make the playoffs, but they just barely miss it because that other team like wins a game or something. The Suns were like undefeated in the bubble. And you know what would have been great? If they had a play-in tournament, the Suns would have made it in. And we would have gotten to see more exciting basketball. We would have gotten to see the Suns go up against uh, – what the Lakers, that would, have been, that would have been an exciting series. See Devin Booker and Kelly Oubre and all of them just trying to go as hard as they can to beat this team. That would have been so exciting to see. So in my opinion, I think the playing tournament is fantastic. I think, you know, if you look back up on every season, there's always that one team that you're like, oh, I just wish they made the playoffs. I just wish they made it because they would have been so good. And this, you know, this team above them sucks. Like they should not be here compared to this team below them. And it also gives teams hope to make the playoffs. The Wizards, in my opinion, would not be the eight seed right now if they didn't have the hope of getting to the 10 seed. If they didn't have that hope that we could still make it, we could still just barely make it, they probably would have just been in the lottery this season. But they had that hope that they could make it in just by sliding into the playoff tournament, and that kept them going all the way to the end of the season. And they eventually actually got to eight, which is crazy. Um but yeah, it, honestly, to me, it just kind of feels like March Madness. And that's that's one of my favorite things about basketball is March Madness, just because how crazy it is and the upsets and all that. I, you know, I don't think there's going to be as many upsets as, as, you know, you might think. I think most of the time, I'd say the seven or eight seeds are going to be the seven or eight seeds. Maybe they're switch spots or something like that. But I think for the most part, it's going to be the seven or eight seeds taking those spots anyways. And they're at a big dis- they're at a big advantage. They 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 ha- they only have to win one game to get in, uh, and they have two opportunities to do it. The nine and ten seed have to win two games in a row just to get in. So you know, if if the team above them really is better, they're going to treat this like a playoff game, which it should be treated. It is treated as a postseason um, game, so none of these stats count to regular season. Um, but if the team really is better they'll win. Like they'll find a way to win. Uh, or at least they should. Uh, and if they're a really exciting team that you want to watch, uh, usually they're a higher seed. <laughs> and at the same time, this encourages, this encourages higher seeds to do better. So when, usually when people get mixed up in the five, six, seven, it's like, ah, we're just kind of, we're kind of playing for matchups at this point. Maybe you're trying to, maybe trying to purposely lose a couple of games just to avoid somebody. But that, you know, that's neither here nor there. But now, if you're at the seven or six, you're like, we got to keep winning. We got like, I, screw the matchup. I don't want to be in the play and I don't want the chance of getting kicked out. Screw the matchup. We just got to keep going. And so that's going to make those uh, those matches a little more heated, a little more, um, just bring more energy to those matchups and give, give teams just more incentive to keep winning. And I understand if like the players complain about, you know, uh, well, we worked really hard this season. We got the seven seed, like we deserve our spot. But at the same time, like you're a seven seed, like if you want to secure a spot, look, just try and move up. Like, I know it's not that simple, but like, mm-hmm. if you want your spot, go harder, play better. Like, I, I don't really know what to say. Like, just go for it at that point. Like I said, it's, just, you know, to me, it feels like March Madness. And that's my favorite uh, part of that. Or that's my favorite, like time of basketball is, is watching March Madness. And so anything that even resembles that uh, in the NBA, I would really enjoy. And I don't think it does that much harm. Uh, For me, the question is how are lottery odds going to work out? You know, if the seven seed loses, is it going to be by record? So are they going to get the 14th best odds or are they going to take the spot of whoever took? I I don't know. I don't know how any of that works, but uh, that's the part that's kind of a little confusing to me. But honestly, I love the NBA playing tournament. I think it's fantastic. I think it should be here to stay. And I think the ratings will be crazy high and Adam Silver will be like, look, we're going to keep it. (laughs) And so I think they're going to keep it. I think it's going to stick around and yeah, I love it in my opinion.
I mean, I know how the NBA has been wanting to try to incorporate like a tournament into uh, the league for a while. You know, just like how uh, soccer, like the Euro, many European soccer leagues incorporate tournaments into their season. Uh, I mean, for me, like I said, um, I'm just worried about, I was worried about the, like the competitiveness uh, and all that stuff. I mean, like I said, it, it does bring a lot more, uh, it does keep the last few games interesting. And, it, you know, just points you were making about um, making like teams less worried about matchups, more worried about just making it. Uh, I feel like that also keeps it very interesting as well. I, like I said, I was just, I was just concerned. Like my biggest thing is just, I just don't know. I just, I just don't like the concept of just these lesser teams having like, so like there's an incentive, like just, just playing hard enough, um, you know, 10 seeds. I, I like, for me, I just don't want to see like a 10 seed making it as like seven seed and then just get smoked. I, I just, that's, that's my concern. I guess we'll have to just see this season, how the playing tournament, you know, goes. Um, maybe I'll definitely, you know, change my perspective if, you know, the 10th seed makes it and then they actually play well against uh, one of the higher seeds. Um, but for now, I I'm going to be a bit of a pessimist uh, for now. I'm just, but, you know, I'm definitely willing to, I'm definitely open and willing to change my mind if the play tournament does work in the best way possible where we can see all these things happening. Because you did make a good point with the Suns last season. I really wish that, that they made it over. Uh, the Grizzlies in that opportunity, and then the Grizzlies played the Trailblazers. Trailblazers made it in, got gentlemen sweep by the Lakers, and you know that was kind of rough. So I, I guess we'll have to see. I, like I said, I, I'll keep my I'll keep my eyes and ears open for this season and this play-in tournament coming up. But right now, I'm just I don't know. If this is a mistake. I just this is just one of those things. Like we'll have to see. It's full, you know, fruition. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, you do make uh, a solid point about, you know, what if uh, the better team loses. But at the same time, you know, if the Spurs win two in a row and get in, did the teams that they beat even deserve to be in at that point, like losing to a team like the Spurs twice, or it would be once, but losing to a team like the Spurs and letting them get in, like, would they have done anything in, in their seed as well? Like, I don't like. I, just, there, I feel like there's not much impact either way, like no matter what teams get in there. Obviously, I think that one of the two seeds are almost 90% of the time going to win. Uh, there's an exception with the Lakers, but we'll, we'll talk about that on another podcast. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like Lakers are the only real ex exception I can really think of right now. Maybe the Warriors sneak one out against the Jazz, and I, I really doubt it, but – uh, you know, it'll at least be an interesting series. And, you know, if, if, like I said, if the team's really good, like really, it, if it really is better, they should win. And if they don't, it's like, well, like, what can I say? Like, you should have won. Like this, you should treat this as a playoff game. You need to win it. You know, if you can't win this, are you even going to make any noise against the team you're going against in the playoffs? Like, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, interesting debate on that. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and talk about, Something that really hits near and dear is what is Scott Brooks' future with the Wizards? I think you should start this one off. Okay. <laughs> so I want to start this off by saying Scott Brooks went from a completely horrible coach at the beginning of the season to a somewhat competent at times head coach of the Wizards. Um, but there's something, you know, there's something that tells me he's probably going to come back. Uh, and I'd say it's probably going to be a two-year deal just to kind of coincide with Westbrook's deal. I think he's going to get a two-year extension. Uh, he has a lot going in his favor in terms of making his case. You know, the Wizards were very injured at the beginning of the season and, uh, they didn't disclose that Russell Westbrook was injured. So it was like, that's a whole nother debate. I, I'm very mm -hmm. mad about that. <laughs> but, you know, they didn't disclose Russell West was injured, but he was, and he was playing really bad. And a lot of the team just wasn't meshing well, and the rotations were horrible, and players were getting minutes that didn't deserve minutes, or maybe they were just getting minutes randomly. There was, you know, there was no clear path to getting minutes. And I think there's still not really a clear path 
to getting minutes in Scott Brooks rotation. Uh, I have no idea what, you know, if I was a player there, I would probably still be confused on what gets me minutes because it seems like he just kind of assigns them uh, at random. Uh, but yeah, you know, Daniel Gafford needs to start at some point, <laughs> please. I agree. Because he has been amazing. He has been incredible. So, uh, and he's also, he's also a great dude. So I, I really think he deserves it. Uh, but my thing with Scott Brooks is that his rotations still suck. They still suck. He's still playing Raul Neto and Ish Smith at small forward when they really shouldn't be there in the first place. Uh, I get that, you know, we don't really have any small forwards on the roster right now, but at the same time, you know, maybe Garrison Matthews would be better in that, in those scenarios they have worked out. Uh, and part of that is just due to how much energy Neto and Ish Smith bring because they know they know that they are undermatched, they're undersized, and they have to compensate by just going all out and going crazy. I mean, Ish Smith last night looked like a Mighty Mouse, like or something, you know. So <laughs> Ish Smith was going crazy. So you know, I I don't have a problem if you know. My only problem is if you put three non-shooting guards together, non-shooting point guards together. So if you have like a Russ Neto Ish Smith lineup, like I hate seeing that because Neto he while he can't hit the three. He's not great at it. He's pretty average at it. And while Ish Smith, his shot has gotten better, he's still a little bit below average on that. And Westbrook, he, he either he's hitting or he's not. You know, it, it's it's every night it's either he's hitting the threes or he's not hitting the threes. So you don't know what you're gonna get with him. I have a big problem with that lineup. I think that lineup is horrible. Uh, but if Beal's out there, it kind of mitigates it a little bit. And Westbrook's just so good at you know he's 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 been having such an amazing season. And he's just been so good at getting rebounds that to an extent, it kind of feels like he's the, he's the small four. Um, yeah. Or he even feel, you know, he's, I think he's averaging more rebounds than our center right now. He's averaging, I think more rebounds than a lot of center. I think more than Giannis, more than Joel Embiid. Like he's averaging a, a, a lot of rebounds. Uh, but the thing about Scott Brooks is that, you know, if you go to the wizards Instagram, and you kind of scroll down a bit. Uh, it's going to be a, a little while, but you will see a post that's like inside the huddle on the win on, on this night. And every single time it's Scott Brooks sitting down, just drawing something that like, you can't really even like make out that he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not talking much. He's just kind of saying, you know, Russ, you, you get the ball and then you pass to Beal and then, uh, Rui, if, if nothing's happening, you go do something. Like, he literally said, like, if nothing's happening, do something. Like, okay. Uh, it just kind of feels like, you know, maybe, you know, I think he's a good guy. I, I think Scott Brooks is a good person. I don't wish any ill will upon him. But, man, like, say something, like, say something, like, make some type of plan. Like, he's just kind of – a lot of – the out-of-bounds plays are horrible. The out-of-bounds plays are absolutely horrible for Washington, disgusting to watch. Every single out-of-bounds play I watch is a pass to Russ or Beal, and that's it. And then they're just like, okay, do something, do something, do something. And that's what they're doing the entire time. And also in those huddles, the reason Scott Brooks isn't talking much is because Westbrook's telling everyone what to do. He's like, Ruby, you need to do this. You need to make this adjustment. You need to do this. Beal, uh, Brad, you need to, like, uh, focus on him a little more. Uh, Denny, if he, if he blows by you, like make sure you still stay on him to help. There's, you know, he's talking to the players and telling them what to do. And Scott Burks is just kind of drawing on his whiteboard the entire time. It's almost comical. He's just, he, he's sitting back and kind of letting Russ coach the team. Um, at least that's, that's my outsider's perspective. Um, yeah, I, I, in my opinion, if you ask me, should Scott Brooks come back? No, because I don't think he brings the best out of all of our players combined. Uh, but at the same time, Russell Westbrook really likes him. They're really good. They're really good friends. They're close. Uh, and, you know, Russ had a big, he defended Scott Brooks, uh, I believe right after the last game, or uh, I think right before it or something, where he said, quote, players get a lot of credit because we're on the floor, but behind the scenes, Scotty is one heck of a coach. Not just that, a person. He does an amazing job making sure we've got all of our stuff together, Westbrook said. If it wasn't for him and his ability to be able to make decisions on the fly, make the right calls and put the right guys in and out of the game and put us in the right place to be successful, a lot of this stuff wouldn't be happening. All the outside noise doesn't really matter because honestly, we know how important he is and I know how important he is to myself and to the team.
that sounds like he's getting a two-year extension, <laughs> uh, which in my opinion, you know, depending on how much noise the Wizards make, the, the, if they make playoffs, I think he'll get the extension. If they somehow drop the next two games, he's gone for sure. I He's 100% gone. Um, would I prefer that? Mm, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm to the part of the season where, you know, maybe long-term, yeah, probably would be good. Just drop these two games. But right now I want to see some Wizards basketball in the playoffs. All right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't want Scott Brooks back. It's looking very likely he's going to come back. Um, I know Troy Brown Jr. Like uh, after he got traded was taking shots at Scott Brooks. Like uh, he was saying that he never knew how to get minutes in his rotation and he's right. <laughs> and that's what I was been saying too. I was like, I don't know what gets you minutes because early in the season, Garrison Matthews had a game winning steal and then didn't play for the next three games. He literally did not play for the next three games, even though he won the game by getting a steal against the nets earlier in the season. He made that crucial steal, crucial defensive possession. He didn't play like that's, I don't, I don't understand how that works at all. I don't know how Jerome Robinson got upgraded to starter over everybody else on the roster because he had to play like a minute of Wizards basketball before that. Uh, he's actually off the team now. Uh, so yeah, wishing the best for Jerome there. But at the same time, like, like I said, I, I just feel like he has, he has a good case to make to the GM and the owner to keep him around. Uh, he has a lot of excuses to put forth like the, you know, injuries and COVID and it's not a normal season to where he could get a one to two year extension. Um, and I think he will, but I don't want him to. <laughs> I, I wish the best for Scott Brooks, but I do not want him to get an extension. I just think it wouldn't be the best choice for the team. Yeah, you had a lot to say. And I, I agree with um, pretty much everything you said. Um, my biggest thing with Scott Brooks, Scott Brooks, and this is what I've, I've, I've heard from other people, you know, if you go through like Instagram comments on, you know, a lot of other teams, I always, always have to see you know, what everyone thinks about their coaching and stuff like that. And how people feel about their situations. Um, Scott Brooks is, according to some people on the internet, it's kind of like a Terry Stouts where they're not very a good, not a very good coach, but their stars and their star players really like that coach. And they kind of, make things happen and that's why their coach is still in the position that they are um you know because without Dave Lillard and CJ McCollum I don't think Terry Stouts would be doing too much right now and I don't think he'd even be employed right now if one's for those two uh backing them up and uh, on and off the court quite frankly um you know and Scott Brooks has always been this way he had Durant, Serge Ibaka, James Harden, Russell Westbrook those those individuals carried him to the finals and made him look so good as a coach. Um, it was always the talent that made Scott Brooks look so good. Because when the Wizards went down, when, when they were down Beal and the bubble last year, and you know, when Beal was not there and they just had all the young players, that team was atrocious. They only won one game, and it was against pretty much the Celtics G League team because uh, they really didn't play anybody in that game. He just he doesn't know how to coach young talent. He can't build up young talent. He has to be carried by his star players. Um, in particular, Russell Westbrook carries him the most because when Bill was by himself, pretty much they could they it seems that at times they couldn't win games even if Bill was scoring thirty plus points. And you know he's dropping career highs and losing. Uh, I think that wasn't really on Bill. You can't really put too much on him. He could only do so much. He's one player. And I know the NBA is a very star-driven sport, but at the end of the day, basketball is a team sport. One guy can't score 50 points and, oh, we're going to win the game because he scored 50 points. We cannot do anything else. We'll just, you know, that's it. Um, he doesn't motivate the team enough. He doesn't play, you know, players to their best ability. Like Danny Avdia, uh, he struggled a lot because, like we said in earlier podcasts, Scott Brooks tries to play him as a catch-and-shoot kind of guy while his best – attribute is playmaking um you know it's it's just a, it's really hard to watch um for me how I still how I still see it to this day Russell Westbrook is our coach you know there's way too many clips way too many huddles way too much footage where I see Russell Westbrook literally coaching Rui Hachimura he's literally coaching these players telling players where to go and like you're saying Scott Brooks is just sitting there writing plays 
he could be just doodling at this point. I, I don't even know. Um, it's just, it's just, it's so much. It's like the Wizards have so much talent, and people don't want to say it because you know, oh, the Wizards are bad. The Wizards are this. The Wizards have a lot of talent. You know, um, think about next season when Thomas Bryant comes back, and if they can still keep Daniel Gafford and Robin Lopez, that's a pretty, that's a lot of depth for the center position. Um, and you know, Thomas Bryant, he can rebound. He can play solid enough defense. He can shoot. Uh, you know, that's yeah, that's a lot of depth right there for the center position, which is something we had not seen in a long time. And they can get Denny Avdia back uh, and healthy. You know, that's you know, that's a small forward back again. Like there is talent on this team. This team can, you know, as we can see right now, they can be a playoff team. Um, it's just the coaching, and you know how I see it. If they do re-sign Scott Brooks, this team will not be elevated to the next level. He will just get by. He'll just do enough to keep his job. Because if you look at his time with the Wizards, his five seasons with the Wizards, his best season was his first season. Second season was pretty solid. But as you look at the records, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then when he needs to, when he's on the hot seat and he needs to step up, they do step up just for him to get potentially extended again. And what are we going to expect next year? He might just go back to being, you know, we might go back to being bad again because he's complacent. He's just doing what he can to stay. And, you know, I know Russ, that's his guy, you know, that's his coach. And I understand, you know, Bill thinks very highly of him. I understand the front office thinks very highly of him. But if we're not winning anything with this much talent, then where's the – got to notice that the problem is still there. It, it's like you just got to look at it on, a simple, on the simplest possible. If you – if one person's consistent, you keep bringing all these people in and we still keep losing or things really aren't going further, then the problem is the thing that's been consistent, and it's been consistently Scott Brooks. And I, I don't know. This team is not a developing team like we thought they were going to be this season. Um, you know, everyone thought that once Wall got shipped out, everyone thought would, and Bill and excuse me and West, Russell Westbrook was playing kind of rough. I thought this team would probably go into like just rebuild mode. Russell just going to play hard out. And, you know, it is what it is. But the team like they're in contention to make the playoffs. Um, so with them being a playoff level team, Scott Brooks is no longer need it because he's not in my opinion he's not a coach where I can see he's going to push these teams like these players to the next level because he hasn't and even when the team was developing he did not help in that process he was just kind of there in that process and you know I, I, it, it hurts because you know like you were saying as much as I want to see I want to see more wizard basketball I want, I want to see Wizards playoff basketball. But do I want to see Scott Brooks there next season? No. It, it's so – I'm so torn. You know, it hurts. And I, I don't want to ever wish my team not to make the playoffs because of the, a coach or something like that. But I don't know how much more Scott Brooks coaching I can, I can stomach. Uh, it's really hard to watch such simple rotations and simple things – not be made like I don't want to see Davis Bertans uh, in the, the last possession when defense is needed you know when we're up like one and then they're gonna pass their best shooter and you know Davis Bertans is guarding them like he he's the worst one of the worst defenders on our team and as of recent he hasn't been shooting the best either um, I don't want to call him a liability just yet but he's not worth the 80 million that I thought he was going to be like last season. Last season, he was automatic. This season, he's like semi-automatic. <laughs> and I, I just, it's been kind of hard for me um, to just see simple things like that. Like, and, you know, not even being able to see, uh, you know, see simple rotations and simple things be made. You know, like Daniel Gafford should be in there in more clutch time uh, moments. So it's just been so difficult, and I just don't know how to feel about all this. Um, as a Wizards fan, you really do want to see your team succeed, but 
you know, what, 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 what will it cost us, you know, to see him succeed? Like, I really don't want to see him back. No offense to him. He's a good, like you said, he's a good guy. Yeah. I wish him the best, but I don't know how much more this team can endure, um, you know, wasting out two players primes. Uh, I mean, Russ is, I guess Russ is still in his prime, but Bill's about to get into his prime at the age 26, 27. Uh, I just don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, this team has, in my opinion, has a talent and the potential talent to even possibly make, you know, second round, maybe Eastern Conference Finals. And that won't happen under Scott Brooks, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, that, that's why, I, like you said, like, I, I don't really know if he elevates the team as much. I'm not sure. You know, there's a, it feels like there's a big disconnect between the general manager, Tommy Shepard, and Scott Brooks because, Tommy Shepard gets certain types of players for Scott Brooks, and Scott Brooks doesn't really know how to use them, so he kind of fits them into a role they're not used to. Like Denny Avdia and like Troy Brown Jr., they're multi-positional wings, but the way Scott Brooks uses them is that he just kind of makes them sit in the corner and shoot threes, and that's it. Uh, I really think Denny should be allowed to handle the ball more, uh, even if that means making him come off the bench. I mean, sure, go for it. Or maybe he starts the game and comes out early so he can come back with the bench in the second quarter or something like that. You know, there's there's a lot of simple adjustments you can make to try and get every player comfortable and get them to be the best at their game possible. I feel like Scott Brooks doesn't really work that hard to do that. He's just kind of like, well, it's Russ and Brad. You know, you guys just kind of have to do this. That's it. Like, this is your role. Like, you have to do this. When he could be like, okay, we're going to try and tailor this around you and around everybody else so everybody is happy. Um, I feel like there's going to be some frustration if Denny doesn't, you know, if he doesn't improve his three-point shooting as much. There's definitely going to be a lot of frustration. I hate to say it, I could probably see him being traded in a couple of years like Troy Brown Jr. was, uh, I, which is sad because I think Denny still has a lot of potential, in my opinion, as, as in the NBA. And he's our best defensive wing right now. He's our best defender at the small forward or power forward position. He's our best defender. So, you know, it, it, it's stuff like that that it's like, I don't want Scott. I, I kind of want Scott Brooks gone because I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to impede any of our young guys' development in, in a sense. I kind of want a coach that will figure out what they're best at and then try and use them in their best way to try and win a game. And I just don't feel like Scott Brooks does that. It's just as simple as that. I just feel, you know, he, I feel like he's he tries too much to fit a um, a square peg into a round hole with a lot of young players, and it hasn't really been helping us. So yeah, Scott Brooks, hey man, you're a great guy. Uh, I hope you get a job somewhere else. I heard the Pacers might have an opening uh, after this season. Yeah. Uh, so you know, why don't you go ahead and. You should go ahead and try it with them, Scott. I think they'd like you. You know, Sabonis is a great player. Uh, I think, you know, you really like to have him. I think you should uh, definitely go for the Pacers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, he has, like, some established talent over there. So, you know, you don't have to worry about too many young players right now. You know, do what you want to do. And <laughs> now, But also, in terms of, like, who I'd want to replace him with, I got no idea. <laughs> I haven't done much research into that because I feel like, at this point, it's an inevitability that he's going to get an extension. But, uh, you know, Kenny Atkinson is a name that comes up a lot in, you know, different Wizards comment sections, stuff like that. I think he could do good with his team. I'm not sure if he'd elevate us. Uh, he'd obviously elevate us more than Scott Brooks would, in my opinion, but I'm not sure if he would elevate us even further beyond that. Uh, it, it is tough finding a really good coach. It's really tough. Um mm -hmm. I'm not sure if any of our assistant coaches are good enough to jump up to a head coach. It, I don't know. It, Wizards in a in a prickly situation with their head coach. Yeah, I mean, at one point I was killing Kitty Atkinson because I thought we we're going to be like a more developmental team, but you know, just in the past month, I just feel like at this point, I feel like we need a different kind of coach, a coach that can push us to the next level. Yeah. And right now, honestly, on the market, there's not too many coaches like that. Um, you know, I know people always say Mark Jackson is a coach, but, you know, we literally saw him not be able to push the Warriors to the next level. And then Steve Kerr literally got the same team, took that team to multiple finals, 
obviously they added addition of uh, star players later on, but they did win that first uh, ring with just the players pretty much that Mark Jackson had. And, you know, just for me, um, it, I got to do a lot more research when it comes to coaches. Uh, I don't know how many coaches out there can, you know, deal with some personalities like Russell Westbrook and uh, Bradley Bill's a, you know, they're not too big of personalities, but um, they're not egotistical, also, but they're, yeah, you know, they're pretty like, but at the same time, Russ is like the alpha, definitely the leader, and you kind of have to let him, uh, let him say his piece. Uh, but at the same time, as a coach, you have to say your piece. Like Phil Scott Brooks doesn't say anything. That's just like, yeah, this is what I see. Like, I just don't know. Um, I just don't know how far this team will go, and I don't know. Um, I'm like I said, I personally don't want. Scott Brooks back after the season, but I feel like he's had such a good relationship with, like I said, those two star players in the front office. It just feels at this point inevitable uh, for him to get extended, at least the extent of Russell Westbrook's career uh, contract. So something to keep an eye on, but uh, I just really hope that they can figure out something because this team is too talented to go through the same roadblocks over and over when the same problem is still there. So, Yeah, a team of two All-Stars should not be a first-round exit. <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. like, typically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, like, that's going to do it for the Speak Truth Sports podcast today. Um, you can go ahead and check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Go ahead and check all that stuff out if you're listening on a podcasting app. Uh, go ahead and jump over our YouTube and you can see our faces and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, just please feel free to share and like, and subscribe and do all that good stuff. But uh, for now uh, it's been Bert and Trey as always. And we will catch you guys next time on the next episode of the speak to the sports podcast. Thank you.